Hey, this is Bo Baser from the Suckin' Bad Secret, and you're listening to The Dummy Room. What's up, guys? Dummy Room, Punk Rock Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is going to be episode 201. Jason White is my guest. Dude was actually supposed to be uh, episode 200, but the, the Jagger Holly record was just about to drop, and JD happened to be in the States, which makes recording so much easier. Jason wasn't really on for any other reason than to uh, just to chat. You know, dude's a huge fan of Dummy Room, so... That, that's a lie. I, I have no idea how that happened. I don't know why he wanted to be on, but uh, he has to be one of the nicest guys to ever be on the show, so huge thanks to him. But before that, I gotta get just uh, just a few things out there. Previously mentioned, Jagger Holly record, double record is out uh, as of uh, Saturday night. I've got three copies left in the shop, so by the time this is out, they're probably gone. Thanks, everyone, for uh, for buying it. Check uh, check Monster Zero. I'm sure they don't have many copies either. Tapes from uh, Memorable but Not Honorable. And uh, the CDs from Out Loud Records. Uh, get on it to Stellar Release. Fuck it. Let's do something from it right now since, uh, yeah, summer just like three days ago. Summer happened. My birthday happened, which, yuck. You know, summer and my birthday, yuck. Anyways, summer is here, so let's do... Um, yeah, let's do this one. This song's unreal. It's called Summer Sun. Flamingo Beach, I think I'm on my six mojito. No, I'll cut off. I drink too much. Baby, tell me how much is too much. I really hope that's my view. Where did I find my van? How'd I get home? I don't remember. Maybe I'll work out. Come back on my drink and eat. Got a topic. 
awesome There's nothing out there but women and waves Summer fun in the summer sun I want the summer sun There you go, Summer Sun, totally cool song. The whole album rips, maybe album of the year. Certainly double album of the year. All right, Mom's Basement, they always got stuff coming out. Seems like uh, every week or so, something new. Just put out the, the new McRackens album. They got a new album from the Hemorrhoids from Germany coming out. I think it's July uh, July 7th. Album's called At the Earth's Core. It's going to be a little Mom's Basement Monster Zero tag team, which is cool. Uh, I haven't listened to this one too much. Made a quick pass through it, and uh, I think I can play a song. I think I'll play the one that I like the most so far. It's called uh, Time Warp Incest. No idea what that means, but it's a cool song. Check it out. I was back in Fun song, right? Uh, Hemorrhoids. At least that's, I, I mean, that's what I'm told is the band name. They just spell it different, so whatever. Hemorrhoids. Check out the albums coming out July 7th. Hey, uh, Punk Rock Reduno is happening in just, uh, just a few weeks. July, 
uh, 13th through the 16th. If you're going, that's incredible. You're going to have a blast. I'm stupid jealous. Travolta's, Chicks Dig It, Dorkatron, Cody and uh, Cody and the Proton Packingtons, Kepi, Shivies, D-Cracks, Windowsillage. Yeah, tons, tons more that, uh, that I'm missing out on. I really hope they do the stream. I hope that's happening again, right? How about, uh, how about T1 Fest? Uh, happening Chicago, Illinois, autumn time. Official announcement will be made on July 12th, I think. Maybe the 13th. I'm pretty sure it's the 12th. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. I, I know the lineup, and you're going to want to be there. So that's cool. How about Mom's Basement Fest, Youngstown, Ohio? October 6th and 7th, two nights of craziness. Announcements are being made slowly, very fucking slowly. I, uh, I know the lineup and it's killer. Um, I wish I could say a few of the bands that are playing, but I won't. But uh, you should probably plan on going. It's going to be cool. But Tightwire. Uh, Tightwire is not playing Mom's Basement Fest, but uh, the new album came out a few weeks ago, and uh, I still haven't really stopped listening to it. Red Scare Industries, if uh, if you didn't know. Anyways, the album rules. Uh, I'm going to do... I don't even know my favorite song at this point. I'm going to do... Uh, Smoke Machine. I recorded with Tane again uh, a few weeks back and um, lost the episode already. <laughs> so I deleted it, accidentally deleted uh, the file and everything, and it totally sucks. But um, I will uh, I'll, uh, text him and let him know, and uh, maybe he'll come back sometime. I hope so. I like Tane. He's a super nice guy. I fucking love Tightwire. Tane apparently has a really big collection of Transformer toys. So that's cool. I never really got into Transformers. I, I don't know why. All right, let's get to Jason White. We recorded this like six weeks ago-ish. And um, we also recorded maybe a couple months prior to that as well. And I'm not sure why that one... I'm not sure why we didn't go with that one. Something... I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, for some reason, we canned that one. And uh, he wanted to come back. So it's cool. He's a super nice guy. Love talking to this dude. Obviously a legend. So uh, let's do it. Jason White. Let's unite in that wonderful crowd. The president's speech wasn't half as loud as you. I listened to. New Year's Eve, I'll shoot again. Fell into. 
Jason White's here. What's up, dude? Hello. How's it going? I'm doing all right, dude. I'm excited. Uh, we're back together. Hopefully, we can make something cool happen tonight. Yeah. Finally, we uh, <laughs> we reconnected. It's taken a few tries, but uh, I'm glad we're uh, we're doing it. Yeah. So, well, you're a busy guy, dude. And I, yeah. I mean, I I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, yeah, I think the last time we were gonna record, like you 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 told me that you uh, you forgot you had to work the next day. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. was like, "Work? What's work? You played a fucking stadium the next day." Oh, probably, <laughs> probably. I can't even remember. Yeah, the first time. Uh, yeah, uh, and then sometimes I just realize, oh, I gotta uh, pick the kids up from school or so- whatever it is, you know. Uh, <laughs> the my I, I nowadays I'm so busy at home. I go on tour to relax. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, dude. But uh, I just couldn't believe that you'd forget that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think everybody else would be scared shitless, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it, it's always special, but um, but then I, I guess I try to go through regular everyday life uh, accordingly or something, and then I'm like, oh yeah, well, I've also got that job to do tomorrow night, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I suppose I should do a proper introduction for you and uh, go down the list. Sure. Pinhead Gunpowder, Green Day, Influence, Foxborough Hot Tubs, The Network, Cover-Ups. What did I miss? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Chino Horde? Chino Horde. Um, there's a bunch more that are probably not worth mentioning, but um, those are the main, you got the main, there's oh, California, which was kind of more recent, uh, The Big Cats from Little Rock. Um, yeah, that about, that about covers it, yeah. Dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You and Billy Joe got to get sick of each other sometimes, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not ever. No. Obviously, I'm kidding, but you guys have done so many bands together that it's 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 got to make it tough to venture out without each other, you know? Oh, well, we can, but I mean, I I to say to get sick of it. No. I mean, uh we've always had a good uh, sort of vibe between us since we first started playing together and it it really hasn't changed you know so no i don't really 
I don't get sick of it at all. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Last time we talked, too, you were just about to play a cover-ups show, and okay. you told me you were going to play Livewire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't believe I didn't ask you, but who sang it? I never saw a video of that. Billy's, you were Billy. Billy saw, uh, sang it. Um, it is on video. <laughs> some, it's, it's the one clip of us playing that song that did kind of seem like it, it made the rounds. Um, but, yeah, I played guitar. I got to play guitar on it, which was... Uh, a challenge and and very uh, also very <laughs> rewarding because I got through it with no mistakes that I remember. But uh, yeah, the video circulated, so you can find it on YouTube somewhere. I'll have to check it out. I yeah. just I was trying to think of who could who could maybe pull off the Vince Neil vocals. Vince Neil had his prime on that song too, you know. I oh, killed it. Yeah, it was great, especially the scream at the end. He t- he did it. We did it later <laughs> in the set, so he wouldn't you know kill his voice. But uh, yeah, yeah we care. pulled That's it off. Cool. I thought yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check that out because I don't know Billy Dew and Vince Steele, that's cool. Uh, that first Motley Crue record, dude, it's pretty good. Vince Neil was good. Of course, he he sucks now. He can't sing, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's a hard it's a hard one for anybody to do, but yeah, uh, but yeah, Billy nailed it. I thought, <laughs> uh, and it, yeah, it's a great record and and not easy to sing. You're right. So, dude, we talked like I don't know a couple months ago now. And we briefly talked about Chino Horde, and obviously, you know, that band hadn't done anything since, what, like, mid-90s? Yeah, yeah, early 90s, probably. <laughs> and, and like, just, what, a couple weeks ago? A month ago? Yeah. It, everything's kind of uh, coming back to life a little bit? Yeah, and I think the <laughs> last time we talked, I didn't even realize how much it was going to be coming back to life a little bit. Um <laughs> Well, I guess we found out um, a little bit before uh, the change of the year, um, you know, between 22 and 23, uh, that um, we were going to, yeah, we were going to re-release everything on Numero Group, so, or Numero Group, I should say. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's been kind of fun with everything, whatever, like, you know, just some interest in the band and and the band kind of being out there. Again, uh, it's really strange in, in modern day, like Instagram and stuff like that. It's it's really interesting to revisit. Someone uh, reached out to us from Numero Group uh, um, and asking if we'd be interested in you know releasing everything again, and uh, and we were all for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we had we had uh, you know I I knew of Numero Group and their stuff is beautiful. Uh, you know their their box sets and stuff like that, and um, so we were flattered to be asked, honestly. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, I, I I'm I'm looking forward to really, you know, when things start to come out or we start to put the artwork together, that kind of stuff is going to be really fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, last time we of course kind of went over the, I don't know, your your little uh, how how you got in. How you ended up in California Navy? Like you, you joined Monsula for a tour, dude. I've been thinking about that. I can't believe like they were gonna tour without a guitar player. Like finish off the tour. Yeah, that, that's what they were attempting to do. <laughs> I mean, I guess it got. Um, yeah, this so this was when I was still back in Little Rock in high school, basically. Um, that Monsula was on tour. Uh, I think it was their second U.S. tour, and they were the guitar player and them were not getting along and they decided it wasn't worth it to keep him on tour. So they were like, you're, you're kicked out. And they, they sent him home. 
Uh, I think they were on the East Coast when this happened. Um, but you should talk to the band, someone in the band, they would know. But this is to the best of my recollection. And so they were, yeah, attempting to finish the tour. Um, they did have Lance Hahn lined up to meet them in Denver to finish out the rest of the tour, which basically was like Denver, probably Arizona, and then to Southern California and then back home. And then the band was going to break up. But uh, when they got to Memphis, um, they played without the guitar player, and I called my friend, <laughs> and they played Memphis the night before. They played Little Rock, because that's usually how it went, because uh, we're only two hours, two and a half hours from Memphis. So they played, and then I called my friend and said, hey, who promoted the show, Fletcher, and said, hey, how'd the show go? And he said, oh, they were, it was terrible. They don't have a guitar player, and they're trying to like, play their songs, <laughs> and everybody was pissed, and you know. I'm like, oh God, well they're playing here to tomorrow night and what's gonna happen? So <clears throat> I went home and was like, I'll learn as many songs as I can of theirs and I'll just offer to jump on stage. That way it'll, you know, people will be stoked. So, uh, and Shino Horde opened the show. Uh, cool. And so we played and, or sorry, I got to the venue and they kind of all, you know, looked up at me like, They've had to break this news to everyone over the past two weeks, you know. And I said, oh, I already heard, you know, you, you don't have a guitar player. So I, last night, I, I, you know, crammed and I learned like five songs I think I can play with you. If you guys want me to try it, I would, you know, I'm down. And they're like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it, let's do it. You know, so my band played and then I played with Monsula and they were just stoked, just ecstatic because they had been, you know, touring for however two weeks or something without a guitar player. And I'm sure, you know, having kicked him out and things were, you know, people were not getting along. It was probably a rough tour. And so anyway, so th it, it went well. And then they were like, look, uh, Lance Hahn's meeting us in Denver, but we have, I think there was like five shows in between. Will you come with us right now, you know, and, and finish the tour until we meet up with Lance? We'll buy you a bus ticket home. So I said, absolutely, let's do it. Uh, and then we went and played about, I guess, about five shows. Cool, cool. How old were you? You were in high school, you said. Yeah, it's 17, maybe. Cool. 18, I can't remember, yeah. And had you, like, already lived in California prior to that, too, and moved back to Arkansas? I had. This is a really confusing story. But when I was <laughs> the summer before ninth grade, I uh, um, my dad had been unemployed for a while, and he, he hadn't found another job, and my mom was working at a doctor's office one of the doctors uh, this is back in arkansas so one of the doctors was moving to his practice to oakland um and he was going to move out to the you know out live out in the suburbs i guess he had some connections out here um he was indonesian and he wanted uh his daughter basically to have a more a better experience you know a more diverse mm -hmm. culture than arkansas which at the time was you know not in the late 80s and so um, they, he was moving out here and starting a practice, but he needed someone to go with him uh, to help him sort of make the transition and to help run his business. Basically, my mom had been working for him for a long time. And so he moved us out here. Um, I was the only, I'm the, the youngest of four. I was the only one still at home. So it was just me and my dad and my mom. And we came out here and we lived in the Bay Area. She worked in Oakland. Helped him open the practice, and uh, and we lived here not even 
about a year and and that was my ninth grade year of high school part most of it i lived out here cool. and uh, and that's where i you know heard of lookout records and and yeah yeah how did that Gilman come about Street. like what was the i assume other kids in school you know but like what I, was the yeah what got you there it was my at high school um so i you know was a freshman in a brand new high school didn't know anyone which is a just a bad situation at that age anyway yeah. right that's a that's a tough <laughs> tough way to go um but i was super into skateboarding and punk and you know um and so when I got there, you know, I, I'm sussing out what's going on and I see like a group of punk kids hanging out together. And I was just so blown away, you know, because there were no punk kids in Little Rock. I mean, it, there were, but we didn't, we weren't all the same age. We didn't go all go to school together. Uh, so it was like to see a group of 10 or more kids who were into punk like hanging out together. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, you know, there's plenty <laughs> of skateboarding, obviously, and I met a yeah, lot yeah. of skaters, but these guys didn't skate and they were punk, which was unheard of to me. Um, so, and and then it, you know, I kind of tried talking to them here and there, but they were they were I was too super intimidated, right? I mean, I thought they were super yeah, cool, yeah. and they were all older, most of them, and so I had kind of there was one guy who was pretty friendly, Scott Meyer, and. Uh, and this is, uh, and so, so one day at lunch, there's a band playing outside at lunch. And, I, and I'm like, oh my God, what, what is going on? So I walk out and it's the Skin Flutes are playing in, at my high school at lunch. And it's, you know, the Skin Flutes were Bill Schneider on bass, uh, Mike Kirsch at the time, now Sarah, um, later Sarah, um, was the guitar player. And then uh, three other guys, I cannot remember their names. And Scott Meyer was the singer. So uh, I'm like, oh my God, these guys are in a band. This is amazing. So, you know, I watched and it was really good. I liked it a lot. Singer was like super tall. He was dressed up like a thrift store, Ronald McDonald. You know, he had his face painted, <laughs> colored hair, and they were just like in your face and fast. And it was just awesome. You know, it was great. So, of course, I just started bugging him all the time. You guys got to. You guys got a, a tape or anything? What do you, ha you know? So I bought like every demo tape they had, and then when the thing that Ate Floyd came out, which is a Lookout uh, compilation, they were on it. Mm -hmm. uh, they were the first song, and uh, so he brought the, you know, they brought the records to school, and I bought one from the singer in the hallways or whatever, you know, and that, and I took that home, and that opened all kinds of synapses, you know. Operation Ivy, Crimp Shrine, Isocracy, Neurosis are all in that compilation, Nuisance, you know, and just tons of great bands. And I was just like, oh, my God, this entire world exists. I had no idea about it, and it was so exciting, you know. Um, so that was, yeah, that was my introduction to a lot of the Bay Area stuff and punk. And, um, and then it didn't work out with us moving out there. Uh, my dad couldn't uh, find work, and... My my the the doctor that had moved out there decided to uh, close his practice and join like a bigger practice. He was trying to do like his own, yeah. and uh, he was in East Oakland. And um, I don't I just don't think he had many patients, so he realized quickly this was not going to work out. And so he was very cool, and he was like, "Look, it's not going to work out, and you guys seem like you're not having a good time out here." My parents didn't like it out here, and so 
he paid for us to you know go home and we just kind of oh, cool. went home picked up where we left off basically but i took all that with me you know and uh and showed my friends that i still had uh <laughs> there and especially uh, my friend colin brooks um who uh, you know we were always playing together before that before i ever moved and uh and then we and then that's when we got serious about like all right we're we're starting our own band it's going to be more than just the two of us we're going to have a singer we're going to play punk you know um it's on basically from that from then on let's back up to this show at the school so they used to have punk bands play at the at your high school i think it was like because i've seen that video of like an old one of green day playing yeah they're playing out like in like a courtyard looks like there's kids everywhere it's like this is the coolest fucking high schools ever like my school's my school is not like that at all, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I was blown away. <laughs> what would, I remember going to this. Uh, this was in at Northgate High School in Walnut Creek, California, um, and yeah, I remember they had like coffee in the morning when you'd get to high school. I mean, just being in high school was crazy to me at the. Cause I was just starting high school, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I was like, why are you gonna get coffee in the at the, you know, <laughs> in the cafeteria? This is amazing, and you know there was like different there was like goth kids who were not punk kids didn't hang out with the punk kids probably knew them but you know there was just so many different like subsets of things that i i'd never seen in the south you know in arkansas uh that was just such a trip but uh yeah they i mean they didn't have a band play every week but they did that week you know that's cool uh, and then later on i mean this made me think of uh, uh colin brooks who i mentioned and I, uh, he's the drummer. We started a band, and it was called the Numbskulls. And we did, we played our, um, I think it was a homecoming dance in the, in the, and later in the ninth grade. Yeah, that was the ninth grade. Uh, as a four-piece punk band, uh, I think someone on the, some committee or something, you know, knew that we were in a band. and was like, you guys should play the homecoming dance. Nobody danced. You know, they were just. Staring at us and holding their ears, you know, probably. But we yeah, had yeah. fun. <laughs> it was our first cool. one of our first gigs, you know. That's crazy though. Like Bill, like Bill Schneider, like you've so you. I mean, you met him in ninth grade. You, I mean, you've yeah. known him forever then. Yeah, yeah, it's been a very long time. Uh, <laughs> he he had his fiftieth birthday party uh, like a year ago, I guess. Yeah, and we were we were standing there playing, you know, playing covers. At this bar and at the Golden Bowl in Oakland, and I'm like, "Wow, we're still friends, and we're still on stage together after all these years." You know, that's crazy. Is he in the cover-ups with you? Yeah, yeah, he's the bass player of the cover-ups. <laughs> yeah. Same guys in every band. Love it. Yeah, it's it's always like the same 15, 10 to fifteen people, or it seems. You know. <laughs> might not be ten. It might not even hey, you be mentioned ten. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned coffee, and I totally didn't even have that on my notes. But I've been—I wanted to ask you last time, and I forgot. What do you think of that Green Day coffee, the Oakland coffee? You like it? That's yeah, good. Yeah, I've had it. Do you guys like? I don't know if when Green Day tours, I assume there's uh, bus or buses. Um, is are they stocked with Oakland coffee? They are, uh, <laughs> and backstage. I knew it. Yeah. So uh, when I'm on tour, cool. oh man, I'm drinking it every day. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. Sometimes. That the the blend that well I, sh- I I ride with Billy a lot, um, and uh, we always have I guess ridden on the same bus. But he likes his coffee so strong that it's 
hard for me to drink <laughs> it, and gets harder the older I get. Uh, but he makes his super strong. It's, it tastes, almost tastes like, like licking a battery or something. <laughs> so like acidic or whatever. But yeah, it's Oakland Coffee. I'm not really a coffee guy, right? Because like, no. I have this thing about buying coffee. Like the coffee aisle, my wife makes me go grocery shopping, and I'm very intimidated by the coffee aisle. It's just too massive. I can never find shit. It's a lot going um, on. Yeah. So, but I, I've been wanting to try the Oakland coffee. So I've been, I, I wanted to reach out and be like, hey, I got this uh, cool podcast. Like, kind of a big deal. Send me one and I'll do a review or something. But I, I don't have the guts to do that. But um, they probably send yeah, I was it just wondering. Yeah, <laughs> they'll probably send you some free. Motley Crue's got their own coffee. Do they? Do they have coffee? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I got to try I some. I drink that shit. It, it's called Livewire. <laughs> I would uh, hope so. It, maybe it is. I don't know. That'd be cool, but no, I just I completely forgot to ask you that, and you just said coffee, so yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> Probably get tired of it, right? Uh no, I never get. It's well, coffee's something if you <laughs> if you're into it as much as I am, or addicted to it as much as I am, I should say, you never get tired of it. So, do you remember? Um, I'm going to jump around a lot, and I apologize. Go for it, yeah. Do you remember meeting? Uh, you met Lance in Denver, then. Yes, that was the first time I met him. Were you a J Church fan or a Cringer fan? Absolutely, already? yeah, yeah. I was a fan, yeah. and uh, so it was cool. Like I, you know, met him, and I'm like, wow, there's Lance Hahn. And uh, that night, we're on stage together, you know, <laughs> playing guitar. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, we did a two guitar thing, and then, uh, and so yeah, later, uh, when I ended up coming out here, we continued to do Monsoon. We tried to do it for a little while longer, and it was Lance and I on, on, on dueling guitars. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. He was he was a great great person. I miss him a lot. Uh, but yeah, he, he was a yeah. lot of fun to play with. A lot of fun to travel with. He was he was he was awesome. Anybody who knew him will tell you the same thing. Cool. Yeah, J Church was great, but they had so many records, dude. Yeah, yeah. Eighty-seven singles out, probably. I think. Yeah. Do you know anybody that has that complete discography? Maybe. <laughs> I don't even know if Lance did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I uh, I was um I remember at one point probably before maybe 2005 I was pretty close. But then there was this uh there was like this burst of singles that came out and new splits and all this and I just I couldn't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. He spread it out there. He had a lot of stuff. I always like the artwork, the imagery of J Church, the the cool covers, uh-huh. mostly black and white yeah. singles, shit like that. I was, I always thought they were cool. So yeah. great band. Yeah, he worked a lot with uh, John Yates, uh, who's here in the Bay Area, who did a lot of great stuff. Cool. Uh, he did the California record as well. After uh, Monsula, you get into uh, eventually you get into Pinhead Gunpowder. You've been in that band forever. It seems like I know, like '94. Yeah, '94. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. How does that happen? Like, what, do you remember the first time ever hearing that band? Like, seeing them play? Well, I'd never seen them play um, before I joined the band. Um, but I I had heard it. Um, I was living in, like, a, this punk apartment in, uh, in Little Rock before I moved out here. And, um, so, you know, we always had, like, traveling kids coming through bands coming through and mm-hmm. staying with us stuff like that somebody came through and had the pinhead gunpowder recordings that ended up on their first few singles and on the compilations and stuff uh, on a cool. cassette and played it 
for us, you know, when they stayed there, I was like, oh my God, what is this? And, it, you know, it hadn't been really uh, common knowledge, I guess, at that point, you know, like people hadn't really heard of Pinhead Gunpowder yet. They, it was just like, oh my God, it's Comet Bus and Billy Joe and Bill and, and Kirsch, what? You know, like, I, first <laughs> of all, I couldn't put all those people in the same band and then, you know. Or any two of them, yeah. even or something. Yeah. So it was. It was. Yeah. I, I, and the recordings were great. Um, I remember Minneapolis song actually to bring Minneapolis back uh, was the one I really remember being like, oh man, that's that's a great song. Iggy Pop is playing downtown, and I'm outside in the rain, less than that, lurking around. It's another challenge. I think I told you before my I was in high school and um, Green Day was they weren't quite huge yet um, I don't know if Dookie was maybe just coming out and uh, my buddy Carl had everything right and I remember him putting Jump Salty on and uh, I was like holy fuck yeah cool <laughs> I yeah. just remember that just like that the two vocals and it was just ah man it was so intense sounding I loved it yeah and they were that was, I mean, they were so good when Kirsch was in the band, too. I mean, it was like, he had just a crazy guitar style. Because I ended up, I played in a band with Kirsch as well. During the time that he quit Pinhead and I joined, we were in a band together called 16 Bullets, which is another one we could throw in the mix. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were playing together. And just, so, just speaking on having played in a band with him, and in the practice room and, and you know like man that guy was a, was an amazing guitar player I mean just amazing and just what a 
unique style, you know. Just who was writing all that? Most of that stuff. That was Aaron, right? It's all very collaborative. Um, Pinhead is. Um, Billy brings ideas. Aaron brings lots of ideas. Everyone kind of arranges, of course. And you know, I, Bill did a lot of sitting with Aaron and figuring chord changes out. Cool. So did everyone else. And it's always, yeah, I mean, I would say it's extremely collaborative effort. You know, it's not like there was kind of one person pulling the strings or anything. I think that was the joy of the band. That was the reason they wanted to do to get together. You know, because they, you know, Kirsch had their own bands and and uh, Billy Joe, you know, had Green Day and Aaron had <laughs> the magazine. He he wasn't doing Crimp Shine anymore at that point, but. Uh, but yeah, and you know, Bill was, has always been at least three bands, probably, <laughs> at one time. But uh, but yeah, they. I think that was the thing. Was like, oh, let's just get this lineup together of folks that see each other at shows, and let's collaborate and get you know, do something. So you join this band, like they're fucking awesome, right? You're excited. You're gonna play with these these guys, and then of course Green Day kind of blows up a little bit <laughs> and uh i mean you must have thought like fuck like i joined this great band and we're never gonna do anything because green day is massive no i mean uh, the thing is <laughs> when i joined pinhead i mean there was never any it was always a little bit on the side you know because everyone had their like i just mentioned you know had their bands and i you know there was i don't think there was anything in there was just there was just something we didn't think about. It wasn't like, oh yeah, this is sounding really good. We we need to just quit everything else and focus on this band. No, it was always, <laughs> you know, kind of a side thing. And we kind of eked out time when people were available, and that was kind of it, right? I mean, we didn't. It was never like a full time thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, dude. I would have. I would have been so excited to play in that band you know and then so bummed because we'd never play shows you know what i mean oh yeah i mean there was i was excited just to do it that, that they would even ask me to yeah, yeah. Uh, consider it and and to consider me and uh but i you know i knew i knew what was going on but i i you know it was it was exciting and i mean i was young and it was just you know i i was just fucking stoked to be doing anything you know and you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. and i wanted especially to, that cool yeah and like i said i was in a band with kirsch at the time we were playing shows i was kind of thinking of starting another band and you know so i mean in in, in reality i was just as busy as busy as everyone else and everyone else was super busy but we were all just excited to be doing what we were doing you know it wasn't uh yeah, yeah like we weren't looking to make it or you know like uh oh, yeah, that yeah. band or whatever we were just like yeah let's get together when was uh when when did pinhead play the first show with you uh it was gilman um and i don't know i don't remember the date i would think it is uh might have been late 93 or early 94 because we did a little mini tour uh, in early 94 um, up to the northwest and back. Um, and, and it was before that, I'm pretty sure, yeah. See, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't really know that. So I was thinking, like, you didn't play a show with them until, you know, Green Day took a break or something. 
from uh, from Dookie Tour or some shit like that. You know? No, actually, well, when I joined Pinhead and we started to play, um, we were just doing the older songs, and I was just singing uh, Kirsch's parts. And I think we might have written one or two songs or put together a couple of new songs at the time. And they were like, let's just go on, let's get out of town, let's go on tour. So we just booked a last-minute tour. Um, uh, and and the, the, when we went on tour to the Northwest, as I mentioned, this was, I want to say it was early February 94. And it was the weekend we left was when um, uh, the, the first video premiered. Oh, Longview. For Longview. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think Billy was kind of, you know, because this was all new. I mean, they'd never done that before. So, <laughs> you know, it was coming out, and I think he was just sort of felt crazy about it, like too nervous, and he, was, he didn't want to sit in his room in his house and, and think about what was happening to himself, you know. And I think yeah, it was yeah. kind of like let's let's go out of town and do something else to distract me from what's happening. You know, I think that might have had a little something to do with it. That's crazy. Like, yeah. th- it didn't take very long after that. You know, that video came out and yeah, I yeah. don't know. It didn't seem like it did at least. I know. <laughs> I remember in real time. Yeah, I mean, it was like uh, the video came out and it was like, oh my god, look, you guys are on MTV. Oh my god, and uh, you know, and then the record didn't even come out for another. Probably a month or two months. I don't even remember, but um, but it seemed like that whole year was just like things just kind of kept getting crazier and crazier, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, here's something I didn't really want to ask you, but like those early, uh, like the Dookie tour, they took Tilt out, mm-hmm. Pansy Division, MTX later on, and Riverdale's of course, and they used to take out these uh, all the Lookout bands, um, and it's just sort of ended. And I always wondered. If that was, um, you know, like Green Day, those guys wanted to take those bands out, and eventually management stepped in and said, no. no <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I mean, I don't know how the arc no, no. exactly went. I mean, I know at the beginning, I think it was just like, get you guys get out, go on tour, tour as much as possible, play every night. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because they were young, and that's what you did in the in the band world at that time or whatever, you know. And, uh, they just supported those bands so much. I mean, they oh, did yeah. so much for Lookout Records. and. Well, I think, you know, they were like, take out whoever you want. We just want you to go on tour. So they were like, okay, uh, why don't we take <laughs> Tilt Out for a while? We'll, we'll take Pansy Division yeah. for a while, and then we'll take the High Fives for a while, whatever, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and then I, you know, probably gradually just started to be like, well, what about um, somebody who will actually – other you know people will come and want to see or whatever you know um (laughs) yeah yeah. you know to help sell out a you know a a bigger place that maybe you know at the time green day didn't you know couldn't do all by themselves or whatever but dude you were in um sorry what video were you in you were in the when i come around video when i come around yeah yeah it's crazy but you weren't playing with them of course at that point no no but we were you know we were friends um, yeah, yeah, and uh, they—I think it might have been Trey's actually idea. Actually, I think that was like their third video, fourth video. I can't remember. Um, and they were gonna have like you know these little vignettes and storyline or whatever. And they just said, "Hey, <laughs> do you and Carrie Jean want to 
be in the video we were like yeah fly to la yeah that'd be great you know we were just excited i was in a video once dude it was horrible my uh this is gonna sound bad but this wasn't like a porno or anything but my <laughs> wife's old roommate uh had to had to make a video for college and uh dude i'll remember i'm not a beatles fan but uh she made a video to um norwegian wood i think that's the name of the song yeah it was just like me and my wife walking around. This was like before we were married. Uh-huh. I was like, ah, oh, dude, I can't believe I, I'm doing this. Hated it. Student video. That's awesome. <laughs> How were you? I mean, did you? I mean, obviously at that time they were gonna get big. Were you like weird about being in a, like a huge video? No, we were stoked. We were like, yeah, why not? You know, um, <laughs> it was weird to actually like, you know, it was almost like on a dare and. I remember, I remember Billy calling me about it and I, my, answering my phone at my apart, or, yeah, my apartment at the time in Oakland. And he's like, "So, will you guys be in our next video?" He's, he said, and I said, "Well, if Carrie says yes." And he's like, uh, "Well, she already did. We already asked her." So I was like, "Oh, sure, okay." Uh, so yeah, it was just all kind of like a why not, you know? But it was yeah, fun. Yeah. We got to like go down to Hollywood and. Um, and stayed at the Roosevelt. You know, we'd never done anything like that before. <laughs> and and they shot the video at um, the Ambassador, the old Ambassador Hotel, which was all shut down. I think it's gone now. But they used to shoot. Um, it was just used for like movie sets and for you know TV and stuff like that. But uh, it's where Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, was shot in the kitchen. Oh damn! Yeah, it was that spot. That's where they filmed that video. Cool. So that was just alone. That was super cool. You know. <laughs> to wander around that place uh, with nobody that nobody cared, you know. Dude, that video was massive. Yeah, I mean, it, it was on MTV all the time. Right, right. Yeah, I think that whole all the momentum had like really built up by the time that came out, and that was yeah they showed it so much. <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh, I was famous back in Arkansas for that one, you know. But yeah. oh, you're in the video. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So at what point do you? join do you start playing guitar with them not until much later well nowadays wasn't that much later though. now nowadays six <laughs> years seems like nothing but then it seemed like you know an eternity uh but yeah it's about um so they made uh warning the record and uh and they wanted to uh oh wait before that sorry um they played a uh, a benefit uh here in northern california and uh I think, what is it called? Mountain Home, Mountain View. Um, Neil Young used to put on this uh, benefit for this uh, place called the Bridge School uh, for kids with special needs. And um, cool. they would do an acoustic benefit every year. And he would get, it was all for charity, you know, and he would get just yeah. insane acts, just great, great stuff every year. A two-day event, you know. And so Green Day got asked. And so they had never done like an, a, like an actual big place just acoustic so they were like all right we got this benefit coming up and can will you would you want to play guitar with us you think you can handle it you know uh playing acoustic just play, you know kind of mirroring everything i'm doing on acoustic so it's got you know it's just got more uh it's a thicker sound you know whatever and i was like absolutely that'd be great and so we did two shows and it was you know it was great it was super fun and and we rehearsed like a month before you know, so we were kind of in, in the rehearsal space every day together. and You know, it was great. I got along with everybody. Um, and then they made Warning. 
And then they decided, uh, which Warning had a lot of, you know, acoustic guitar. It had a lot of different stuff going on. Um, and they were like, well, let's take Jason on the road and he can play the acoustic stuff and any sort of second guitar stuff we might need. So that became, you know, that was what I did when I started. That's awesome. And that was in 2000, yeah. They played the Warp Tour that summer, and then we, I didn't do that. And then we, to, to kind of get, I guess, get like hyped for the record coming out. And then we started the promo tour, I think, in August, September of 2000. And that, that's when I started playing with them. That's nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, right away, obviously, huge shows, arenas, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was different. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, like, I, I always thought it was weird. Like, you're the perfect guy to ask. Like, you go in one band, you're playing an arena, and then, you know, like, the influence, obviously, you're playing small, small clubs. Yeah, yeah. Like, to it's nobody. so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, to nobody. Yeah, but but you know what I mean? You're traveling in a, on a bus, and then you're in a packed van, you know. Yeah. Like, Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it must have just been so weird to, like, play to such different size audiences, right? Yeah, any any and all. I mean, I I uh, I had a great time. You know, it was a it was fun. And at the time, I thought this is a one off. This is an experience. You know, um, <laughs> that won't last or whatever. You know, um, and <laughs> but I'm happy to do it. This is super fun. You know, and these are my friends, and and we're going on tour, and you know, we're flying to shows. Wow, you know, I've never done that before. And you know, I got to <laughs> really I. That was my first time out of the country. I mean, other than, to, you know, dips into Canada here and there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd never been out of the country. And, like, the f- one of the first places we went, we flew over and, you know, did Europe. And and they went and did press for, like, a week in Germany. But they sent me to London because that's where we were starting the, like, live show part. And I just sat in London by myself for a week. And it was amazing. <laughs> and I'd never... Free vacation. Never yeah, been anywhere. Cool. And, I, and I was like, this is incredible there's the royal albert hall you know and i am a huge beatles fan so that was it was a big deal for me i went on like a beatles walking tour when i was the first time i went yeah it was great most people are you know just yeah not my thing you must have been nervous as fuck though right i mean to like i mean not just to play but the whole the whole experience because they were already like superstars like mega superstars and you're like who's that guy you know everyone's you know who's that guy yeah so. They still say who's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Nuts. I mean, it's yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I, I it was fun and a challenge and and you know, it was one of those things you didn't want to get used to it. You you wanted it to be as thrilling as it and it was thrilling, you know, to play with that band who were great and high energy and you know, like shit when that band starts playing like you better be ready you know yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It, 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 it's it it doesn't stop till it's over you know like it's it's you got to think quickly um and yeah it was just it was a f- fun challenge and it was yeah it was a trip you know playing in front of a lot of people like that what were you doing like before you joined green day career-wise I mean, regular job. Shoot, yeah. You weren't making money playing punk rock, of course, yet. <laughs> I didn't have a career, um, unless dishwashing is a career. 
but you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, when you joined Green Day, you you had to have thought this is just a temporary thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you weren't ready to like. Well, I don't know. Never really work again. I was no. I was just like going job to job, you know, at the yeah. time, like everybody else, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think of it as a career. I mean, I thought of it as like, like I said, like, oh, this will be fun till the tour ends, and then I'll go yeah. find another job, <laughs> and then, you know, maybe we'll go on another tour, you know, some other time. And, um, but yeah, it, it was always, yeah, I, I just kind of felt like that, and I wasn't like, I wasn't super career oriented or, or like worried about the future. I, I just always, yeah, yeah. I just I wasn't smart enough, I guess. But I always thought like, hey, I'll just get a job; it'll be fine, you know. Rent was cheap. Well, you then. got a great one, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's not, but uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it ended up being like a full time thing, and, it, and like, it's great, you know. I couldn't. That's cool. Hey, I wanted to mention to you, um, dude. You're so like down to earth. It's almost like you don't know what band you're in and have been for forever now you know <laughs> this massive legendary punk band rock and roll hall of fame and you're less like a regular fucking dude yeah <laughs> it's great yeah i mean the, the big difference is i'm not you know i'm not on the the, <laughs> the magazine cover i'm not in yeah, the, yeah i'm not in the band you know what i mean i'm just playing with the band so it's not like i'm recognized everywhere I go and I have to deal with this sort of thing you know I I'm uh, I'm on the side and I you know it's it's kind of great being able to have that an- anonymity honestly <laughs> uh, just to watch what they sometimes have to go through you know um, yeah. you could still walk to the record store from your house though can't you absolutely yeah and uh, but you know it, it's uh, it, it, it is great you know when I when you get to do things like when we did get to play Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was like, oh my God, you know, there's Ringo, there's, there's, <laughs> there's Paul, there's, you know, uh, that's got to be weird as fuck, dude. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. But then you're kind of like, hey, why not? You know, if if not me, you know, why 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 not me? I guess or something. But uh, you know, but you also understand that everybody when you do meet folks from other bands or people that play with other bands, I should say too, is that you know everybody's you know got a similar story you know where it's like yeah we're all just musicians and we all just punk kids well not so much now but i mean that i meet session guys or something they're not like that but um but you know we're all like when i meet other bands who started out small and got big yeah you know it's like it just it it's a few i wouldn't say got lucky because there's just a lot of hard work involved but you know I mean there's like when I found punk you know I found my tribe and I feel like I'm still part of it so I don't really see a need to change or want to change you know even though Green Day is as huge as they are I love that you guys still want to do Pinhead Gunpowder and the cover-ups and whatever else just for fun I love that you guys just want to play to play that's what initially you know was the reason we met you know or know each other and that's what continues to be what we do what we like to do so really it's just kind of like i mean i knew that when i when i was really 
when I was a teenager and playing in bands and stuff, I was like, I I never want to stop doing this. I want to do this as long as I can do it, and I will, you know. So I, you know, there there's there's just that. I mean, I guess for some people, they sort of, you know, get into bands for different reasons or or play yeah, yeah. music for different reasons. But yeah, for us, it's it's just been the the, the playing of it and the getting out in front of people and you know shit expressing yourself i guess you'd say or whatever yeah yeah. um you know it's just it's this is our this is our coping mechanism it's our way to express what we're doing or whatever you know it's it's just yeah yeah. it's just part of who we are you know yeah so hey i don't know if you saw this but a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago or so kiss i know you're a kiss fan they announced like the final show they did okay yeah, yeah, it's gonna be in it's so it's gonna be like it's gonna be in New York City, of course, at uh-huh. whatever huge place. Now, just for fun, uh-huh. and I know that like Green Day is not over or anything, but I gotta ask you, Green Day plays their last show at Gilman Street, right? Has to. <laughs> uh, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, man, I can't imagine a last show. Yeah, I don't know. That's. Something I don't think about, yeah. But if there was anywhere, sure, why not, Gilman? Yeah, I would say, sure. That would be yeah. insane. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just for fun. Um, yeah, they, they gotta play Gilman Street. It's gotta be home turf. Yeah, they'd have to do like a two-month stand, <laughs> play it every <laughs> night to get everybody in there. But uh, yeah, that would be a little crazy. I've seen those videos of Pinhead playing there. Yeah, and it's it's it had to have been just totally insane yeah it's a fun yeah it's a fun space i mean you know i've been going there for so many years and um but you know it always is sort of uh it, it holds a special place for sure yeah, yeah. yeah is there um like when pinhead gunpowder is going to play gilman street is there has to be like some safety security concerns maybe um we <laughs> didn't well we don't ever really take them <laughs> I think you know what I mean. I mean the massive amount of people that aren't going to get in, and you know. Yeah, uh, it's never been a problem in the past. Um, wow. You know, we it's it's our hometown, and you know we know enough people there that it's it's always it's going to be fine. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not worried yeah. about it. Yeah. That's cool, dude. That video, a couple of videos of you guys playing there, just people going losing their minds. Yeah, yeah, those were fun shows. We haven't played there in a while. Um, I can't remember when the last one was. Maybe over ten years ago now. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. So what's more fun, playing a, a huge stadium with Green Day, or playing with Pinhead Gunpowder at uh, a totally packed and out of control Gilman Street? It's got to be like two totally different feelings, right? It's two different experiences. So it's it's you can't really say what's one is more fun um i do enjoy like the big shows because it i i enjoy about that somewhat of the and this sounds terrible but controlled environment in other words like it sounds good in my ears you know what i mean like i can hear everything the band (laughs) sounds good you know like it's it's proper for what we're putting out there on, at a big place. You know what I mean? And that yeah, I, yeah. I can vibe off of. And just, you know, the sea of people and just the joy and 
everything that goes with it is great you know there's no no beating that and and, and, and but you know but playing yeah like a packed punk show in a small venue and just you know sweat and bumping into everyone and you know and it sounds just like a you know a freight train and it's just you know you can't hear your vocals or you maybe you can and you know but the <laughs> symbols right next to your head and you know like it's just, uh but that but that's also just an enormous thrill you know like it's it's visceral you know it's um so i like both you know <laughs> i could um as i get older i it's harder to do <laughs> physically to do the super like hot shows where you're you know you're you're about to pass out from screaming or whatever you know you guys played metro metro in chicago like last year yeah yeah that was was fun that was great yeah and and you know we had a ball that was like billy had a just a ton of fun like we got to play a lot of songs we haven't played in a long time or that you know we haven't pulled out for many years and so that was just a huge thrill you know because we could kind of just do whatever we want play as long as we want no curfew you know yeah i wanted to ask you about that like it seems like the small club shows like like the metro thing the set lists are so different like you'll play lesser known classics that i love but oh yeah they don't get played on the big shows as much is there like contractual shit that has to certain songs that have to be played i don't know but i don't think so you know? No, okay. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you're not. Green Day's not going to play a show and not play the hits. Just yeah, you're not going to play yeah. a stadium and then disappoint people and only play Kerplunk. You know, I would fucking love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But right, right. Yeah, I mean, if if I go see, you know, the Stones and they don't do, uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash or something, you know, I'll be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, of course. But of course. Uh, but yeah. Um, but I'm also, I mean, we're different types of music fans, right? We'd, we'd probably be happy with anything. But, you know, a lot of people are like, I want to hear the song I know, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we're not there to make Dude, enemies. Sh- we're there to make friends. I'd be stoked to see Green Day do Kerplunk in its entirety, you know? Or, or like, even, even like Dookie. I think it'd be cool. Well, we've done it. <laughs> we've done Dookie. We've done Dookie start to finish, like at festivals and and just sometimes the first time we did it billy just goes about two hours or right after soundcheck he goes we should just do dookie i go um (laughs) i don't know like three or four of those songs he goes oh we'll just learn them real fast so i just went to the bus and like you know picked them out really fast was like okay i think i got it we played it you know front to back and you know which is a thing now like people play like that one record or whatever you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a special tour will just be that one record, which is interesting. Yeah, Green Day's got a bunch of records that they could do that with. Right, right. For a while, we were doing the records front to back, uh, like we did American Idiot front to back a bunch of times, and we did. Uh, I think we even did like 21st Century Breakdown front to back, which was very difficult. Um, but we did uh, at least one show I know of, or maybe more than one. Um, but we haven't done it as much. Just I think there's just well, you got more songs, so you can't play everything, you know. Has Green Day ever played any Pinhead Gunpowder songs? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean it's kind of separate worlds, you know. I mean not not separate worlds, but it's just, 
Uh, both bands got enough of their own stuff. There's no reason to really cross over. Yeah. What if what if what if they come to you on the next tour and they're like, dude, we want to play Second Street every night of the tour. <laughs> uh, You're singing sh- it. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's easy to sing. <laughs> dude, the crowd would go nuts. That's a hit, dude, for me. Yeah, well, maybe not as many as you think. <laughs> There's a girl who lives on Second Street. She cries on every time we meet. She's the only girl I want her to be. On the sidewalks going out tonight The street lights make her look just right She only girl I want her to be And on the darkest nights She occupies my time I can't wait for the day Make her, make her song dude thanks man i love it hey i I, last time we talked i know we didn't talk about this i totally kicked myself adeline records yeah i worked there i um a lot of times in like wikipedia and stuff it says uh you know started the label with and but no they they had the label and i just worked there um i had come back to town i had been gone for a couple of years and i uh, returned back to the bay area and i'd had a few jobs like we were saying and um, and then they were like, "Well, why don't you just work at Adeline?" And uh, okay, <laughs> so so I did, and I was the first employee, you know. Um, and then we we had it. We went on for man, I probably did work there for about six years, uh, which is a long time, um, in in different capacities, but mostly just day to day taking care of what needed to be done, you know. Yeah, um, when you're not on tour. Yeah, and then uh, that was the great thing too. It was like, oh, you know, well, I, I'm gonna go on tour. Okay, you know, there was no like, really having to ask off. It was just like, here's when I'm gonna be gone. Here's when I'll be back. And of course, you know, <laughs> when I was on the road, I was like, you know, I was in the influence who were on Adeline, so we were kind of promoting the label anyway. You know, totally. Yeah. Hey, I sent you that poster, right, from the warehouse? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which it was a trip. That was I, I couldn't believe that you actually found it. 
And and I because I was thinking, do I even have the name of the town right? Is he, is this the same place he's talking about? And it was right. Yeah, I knew I had, you know it rang a bell. Yeah, uh, but we didn't actually play, which sucks. So after we talked last, I I went down to the warehouse. And uh, I know Steve real well because that, that's where we played when I was a kid, you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I mentioned it to him, and he's got a kid that works there. And this kid, like, cataloged, like, 40,000 posters or something. And he's got a database. So he just basically, like, you know, typed in the name, and then he ran downstairs and like 10 minutes later or whatever, he came up and he had the poster. That's insane. Blew me away. I, I couldn't believe the efficiency of the place. No kidding, man. Not everybody does that. I mean, that's <laughs> to be that archival and and t- together. That's amazing. And is that, you said yeah. that place is still around, right? Still around, man. We got to go make up for that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. No, but the guy, he's got multiple ones. He's like, does he want it? And I'm like... I can ask him. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, a poster for a show you never played. Never played, yeah. I remember sleeping in the <laughs> parking lot of the service station on the way there. We we were trying to get there, and we just didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember who, who you were supposed to play with. I think maybe some looked all local, fearless I bands think. or something. Yeah. Uh, no? I think there was somebody. It was, tra- it was like touring bands. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. That was the tour I so. booked, and it was, it was not that great. Uh you know, I I was just calling around and getting numbers and just trying to string it together the best I could. Uh, and, you know, folks were so nice to let us play. You know, no, we weren't, nobody knew who we were in most cases, you know. Might have like one or two people sh- show up that were like, you know, new pinhead or something. But um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was. But you were in, what year was that again? Um, 2002 probably. Or one? So you were already touring with Green Day. I, I mean, yeah, I had. And then you have to a... book your own tour. Like you couldn't ask for help. Nah, <laughs> no, it didn't work like that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I mean, their booking agent wasn't booking like some unknown band <laughs> that no one had yeah, ever yeah. heard of. You know, um, and and that you know, uh, then people were doing package tours and stuff. But we were still doing the DIY. You know, just cold calling and saying here's who we are we're looking for this date can you help us you know that's and, great and we were playing lots of different kinds of places and uh um but yeah that that i that sucks we didn't get to play that place because like you said it's uh it's been there a long time and it's established uh, you know and like that would have been probably would have been a fun show just a just a cool place but uh mega famous for the stairs there's like a there's like a hundred stairs to get up to the third floor to play <laughs> oh, well, maybe I'm glad we didn't. Make, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was in high school, dude, I remember seeing um, Super Chunk and Peg Boy. They played a show there together. Uh, right. And all of us were, me and my six buddies, were all waiting for them, looking out the windows, waiting for that van to roll up. We'd run downstairs and, you know, anxiously carry all their shit up. Help for them with their them, gear. You know? That's great. <laughs> See, I still. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't s- do it today, but. I still regret shows I never, I didn't get to play. Because, you know, c- yeah. canceling shows is just crushing, where you're like, oh, we can't make it, you know? And you just feel like you're disappointing not only yourself, but everyone you've been begging for a show or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I still regret it. Well, I'll make it back. That's that's what I'm going to promise myself. I can hook it up for you. Me and acoustic guitar, <laughs> at least. Yeah, I remember one time a band from Seattle called Steel Wool. Um, 
their show got canceled there. Like, they showed up on the wrong day or something. They were supposed to play on Sunday, and they showed up on whatever it was, and they ended up recording, like, a few songs in the studio there. So that was kind of cool, you huh. know? Oh, that's cool. Where they're like, oh, let's go watch them record, you know? So we just listen, you know, downstairs. That's killer. Cool. They have that kind of facility. That's awesome. They, yeah, they used to. It's, it's still there, you know. Great place, dude. Nice. A lot of fun. Nice. Um, yeah, dude. So um, the other funny thing that happened after we talked last time is um, I heard New Edition on the radio. I ain't shitting you, dude. Huh. The next day, um, Cool It Now came on. Yeah. That's, that was the one. <laughs> it was like a 80s rewind weekend or whatever it was. Yeah. And I just, uh, the irony there, I couldn't believe it. I hadn't heard that song in 30 years probably right and it was like the next day i hear it that was your first concert new edition yeah no one knows what we're talking about yeah that was what i guess we talked about that when we did this before (laughs) yeah my first like real concert new edition it was that tour that record uh my brother and his girlfriend took me uh it's cool oh man it was great um utfo was supposed to open which was i really wanted to see i was already like transition transitioning into like just hip-hop you know and uh or, you know, and, and you know, New Edition was, you know, on the radio and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, uh, boy band. Yeah, yeah. And I still loved it, you know. But um, but I but I remember being excited about UTFO because they had that Roxanne Roxanne song, and which okay. was, like, you know, huge at the time. It was, like, you know, one of my favorite songs. But they didn't show up. Speaking of missing shows, they, for <laughs> some reason, didn't couldn't make the tour. So they got these other guys who had, I forget the name of the, band or the group you, you find it later but they had a song uh, like a hit song called fly girl that was really really good actually uh but it was kind of they were kind of a one-hit wonder i think i have the 12 inch of that song and I, i'm just blanking on their name but uh but they opened and i was hmm. super disappointed that utfo wasn't there <laughs> crazy um i actually went back and i looked on discogs at the uh, cool it now seven inch and that was the very first seven inch i ever owned no I way. I remember that, dude. No way. Yeah, I'm not I was a little kid and I was just getting into music and um I remember my parents buying me a new edition seven inch at Walmart. We didn't even have a Walmart where I lived, you know. Oh, I was wow. like eight. Yeah. Maybe not even that old, but that was really the only um I don't know, ever pop music I ever liked. After that I became I got into guitar music, I guess, right away. Metal and rock and uh-huh. you know. That's funny. So, yeah, what a trip. Yeah, I remember <laughs> records at Walmart. I mean, I, I probably... Because Walmart was big in Arkansas, right? And uh, Oh, yeah, And I, I remember, <laughs> yeah, like the record aisle, you know, like they'd have like the top, mm-hmm. I guess probably the top 40 singles, 45s all lined up, you know, and you, you, could, you could buy the single, you know, that you just heard on the radio. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, so I, I remember those days, and I would walk to Walmart and, and, and buy singles. Because, you know, I only um, had a couple of bucks. There wasn't a Walmart where I lived, so I had ne- we, I didn't know Walmart. Damn, you had to travel you know? to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Crazy. It really did. So um, my first concert, Great White and Tesla. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, looking back. Five-man acoustical better, jam. You know? Yeah. Actually, I saw them on that tour as well. It wasn't – that was the, maybe the second show I saw was Tesla. They did acoustic. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was that yeah. record, yeah. I don't know I why that's Motley the one thing I remember about them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw Motley Crue in 1989 on the Dr. Feelgood tour. Oh, yeah. yeah. And funny story, my, my th- I went with this guy, David, 
and his dad was his dad came with us, which was the worst, right? Yeah. And because uh, he was like, eh, I guess he was a uh, I don't know, a little little stricter, you know, a little to the right, I He's guess. He's not gonna let you guys uh, go out smoke weed and go to a concert. <laughs> yeah. We're in the yeah, we're in the back, and Faster Pussycats, the opening band. Yeah. And um, and I just remember the singer getting up there and doing his whole rock star thing, you know. I'll never forget this. And he goes, you know, let's hear for let's hear for lacrosse or whatever, you know. And he's like, how many of you girls want to suck my cock? Oh, and I remember the yeah. dad going, we gotta go, we gotta yeah, go. That's it. And I'm like, <laughs> we're not fucking leaving. We gotta see the crew, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Thanks. but yeah, I'll never forget that. That's the one thing I remember from concerts. <laughs> this is the singer of Faster Pussycat. Oh my God. What did he? Did the dad make you leave? No, you got no, to stay. He was Good. just like yeah. shaking his head. Oh yeah, dude, I yeah. wasn't gonna leave Motley Crue, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one one of the only times my parents came to see me play when I was in high school, I was doing a like a side project thing called Shatner uh, with a, a bunch of my friends, and and the the singer was from this band, Trusty, uh, and I was playing guitar for him, and uh, we played like on a new band night or something. I don't know why my parents decided to show up to this show. And the singer like started the first song and he fucked up and he stopped and he goes, suck a dick. And then he just started playing again. <laughs> but that was just his way of being like, you know, damn it, I fucked up. But he just goes, suck a dick, like really loud on the mic. And then my, that's the one show my parents, I look out and I'm like, yeah, they must be so proud. You know, <laughs> here I am. Here. Is this the same trusty that was on like Discord? Yeah, yeah, that band. Yeah, they were from okay. Little Rock. Oh, cool. Originally, and then they moved to D.C. Uh, he, that's that guy, uh, James Brady, singer, uh, one of the two singers in Trusty, he still lives in D.C. Uh, but we, he and I were in a side project thing called Shatner, for William Shatner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, Ch- Chino Horde could have been on fucking Discord easily. We probably wanted to be too bad to actually <laughs> be on it. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely hear that Fugazi... Yeah, you know, embrace, um, yep. worship. Oh yeah, in there, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we were all about it. Yeah. So I uh, w- before we started recording, I saw your shirt, and uh, it's got the it's got twenty seven on the side. Right. And of, and of course, the pop punk world we're obsessed with twenty seven because of the Riverdales. And nobody knows the meaning. Billy Joe's got a tattoo. Pinhead Gunpowder had a twenty seven song. That's right. And I just found out last week that Chino Horde also. Had a 27 from 1993. Shit, we do. Yeah. Unbelievable. What's the connection with you and 27? Because that predates the Riverdales. That's true. Well, in that case, it's the story is, <laughs> well, the Chino Horde song. Well, you know, the, yeah. well, before we go there, you know, the Dead Rockstar 27 Club. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's yeah, yeah. that. And then... Um, so, but the Chino Horde song uh, was a was our uh, the 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 guy who wrote that Steve Schmidt, my friend, and the and Chino Horde. Uh, he wrote that song, and it, he was working at TCBY Yogurt. You ever been to one of those? Remember that place? No, I haven't. This I don't country, eat yogurt. It was either called well, it was like ice cream, but they were just trying to make it like in the late '80s. They were trying to make it sound healthy, so it was yeah, called yeah. TCBY. It was it was big in the South. It was either called This Country's Best Yogurt, TCBY, or this can't be yogurt. So he, he <laughs> worked at that place. And this older guy came in, you know, disheveled, looked kind of like homeless, uh, came in and had like a pad of paper and a pen. And 
I think he came in. You know, he didn't hassle him or anything. He was like, you know, sit here as long as you want. And uh, and the guy was just writing on a piece of paper, and he was just uh, like overly getting frustrated and frustrated. And then he just kind of put the pen down. This is what I remember. This story might be slightly different, but he but he kind of left the paper there and the pen, and he left, walked off, and then my friend went to you know clean it up or whatever to to get it, and he was writing down. Uh, like spelling it out 25 25 26 27 and he was trying to practice writing he's pra- trying to practice his oh. skills you know what i mean uh oh boy. and so it was a really profound thing that he was like oh my god like this guy's no resources zero you know uh he obviously he probably doesn't have a job you know and he's trying to like do anything he can to better himself so he's like practicing writing the you know numbers wow. and and so he kept the yeah, he probably still has it to this day you know and was just like remember you know be appreciative of what you have you know kind of th- and i'm sorry i went super like emo no, on you there but but uh but it was like yeah it, w- it was actually a profound uh thing that the song was about you know and when he told us that story we, we were all you know wow my god that's mo- very moving you know like what an incredible thing hmm so yeah that was the, the meaning behind our song okay now the other the i think the dead rockstar club thing is probably the more of i would assume like the riverdales thing or whatever you know yeah i think i've i think ben weasel once said it's like he won't ever say what it is, but I think somebody somebody else said it was like something an anniversary date or something like that, like maybe February seventh or something like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe, and some people are weird about the number forty three, and I and I have no idea why. Hmm. Do you know that? No, <laughs> okay. I have no idea. No. Yeah. No. Some people like will like wink and nod at each other, like forty three, right? Forty three, and I'm like I, <laughs> I don't no know. Clue. Mine is eleven huh. because I was born eleventh uh, day of the eleventh month. So I've always oh. been superstitious about eleven, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's weird. Um, yeah, no, I just I just saw that and I'm like, God damn, this this twenty seven just keeps, you know. But why mm-hmm. is it on your shirt? I guess that's why I wanted to ask you. Oh, you got it well, printed on the, your sleeve. Yeah, I worked at this place called the Arkansas Record CD Exchange in in North Little Rock, uh, Arkansas, and uh, the the um, the owner would make different shirts. I think it's every year he'd make a different shirt. Maybe he'd made more than one. But uh, he would, uh, the front of the shirt would always be a different 45 label. Um, cool. And so he would number the shirts on the sleeve. Uh, and I just happened to be wearing this one when I was talking to you. That it is number 27. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah I just happened to, I saw it and I thought, well, there's got to be something to you in 27 then new edition cool it now in 27 that's what it's all about (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 hey i'm gonna throw my top 10 um top 11 pinhead gunpowder songs at you top 11 i have to come up with or you're gonna tell me i'm gonna tell you mine (laughs) i got it okay this is this is this is correct number 11 life during wartime oh yeah yeah i was thinking about that song the other day yeah um number 10 find my place oh yeah there's Dang something it. about Pinhead Gunpowder opening tracks. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, number nine, Losers of the Year. Yeah, that's that's in my top five, I bet. Yeah. It's so hard. Uh, number <laughs> eight, Future Future Daydream. Oh, I love that one. Maybe that one might that's be the, my favorite. 
there's something there's about the back and forth vocals and the the <laughs> like yeah you know it's so it's i like that song a lot yeah uh number seven uh this probably should have been higher but uh beastly bit i love that one too yeah 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 number six backyard flames okay wow okay there you go uh, that one's for you uh number five kathleen okay Dude. yeah yeah shoot shoot the moon was such a great ep yeah and uh yeah who played harmonica on that one? That's Billy. Um, yeah. And we <laughs> we were putting it on, you know, after you, if you, you know, you're listening to harmonica a lot. And we, <laughs> you know, it just, you kind of, and you're in the studio for many hours, you know, you start to get a little goofy anyway. But when we were listening to that over and over <laughs> again, we would go, sponsored by the letter Q or whatever, you know. Uh, it just sounded like a public service announcement or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. the more we listen to it, but uh, no, I love that song. It's great, and it mentions the Berkeley Square, which is a now gone venue in Berkeley. Yeah. Um, I actually hate the harmonica. I hate the sound of it. <laughs> but um, that's how you ever heard that Little Walter? Is. I don't mind it. No, no. Uh, it, it, What's that? When we're done, go listen to Little Walter, and, and it'll change. It'll change your whole outlook on the the harmonica. You know what I think of when I think of when I hear the harmonica, I think of Bruce Willis. Because have you ever seen him, his blues band play? Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll do it. That'll do it. That could ruin it for you. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's you really gotta, good, though, dude. I'm sure he is. So is the guy from Blues Traveler, but I don't want to listen to that either. Uh, yeah, but do I. yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, like Stevie Wonder is a really unique harmonica player, and it's interesting. But I, man, little little Walter, that'll change. Change change your whole world if if you don't know it. Yeah. All right, I'm I gotta write that down. Yeah. Uh, he's the best. I mean, he's he makes it into like a, a, a like an experience that'll change your soul. You know, like he's he's amazing. All right, next one. Sorry, dude. I got I gotta put this at number four. Second Street. All right. Okay. I'm in there. <laughs> Could be number one, dude. Such a great song. Is that about your wife? No, actually, that one that one is not. Uh, uh, Second Street is uh, was a collaborative writing with my friend Colin Brooks, who I mentioned earlier. Um, and he had this Second Street lyric idea going around, and then I changed some of it. Um, and then some of it were his words as well. Yeah. yeah. Was that intended to be a, a pinhead song? No. Because it doesn't sound like a pinhead song no, at all. No, no, no. He yeah. and I uh, were writing together. Colin Brooks and I were writing together. And, and uh, we were kind of trying to put a project together um, that ended up kind of not doing anything. But uh, it was just a reason for us to like get together and write songs together and have some fun. Uh, we called it Colonel, Tuck- Colonel Tucker's Medicinal Brew and Compound. And we had about... <laughs> five or six songs i think and we did some covers we played like one show um but yeah that was a another beatles reference was that uh the colonel tucker's band but uh yeah we had some other good songs uh one of them ended up on the influence an influence record uh hmm. perception of depth was in that batch same batch with second street oh this could be number one too gotta go with minneapolis song Oh man, yeah. Like I said, that's Dude. the first song that made an impression on me that I that I'll never forget. Yeah, Iggy Pop's Billy playing Joe, downtown. 
Yeah, yeah. Month. Billy Joe is he's had a career, right? I mean, the guy's written a few good songs. Yeah, yeah. If he sticks <laughs> with it, I think I he mean, can do some get something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do something with but it. But this this for me is Billy Joe's like greatest moment when he says Iggy Pop. I lo- fucking that's the greatest thing he's ever sang. I love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I it's a it's a great way to start a song. I Yeah, that that that's a great tune. I like that one. And uh number 2 Walking Catastrophe. Right, right, okay. Dude, and you told me, I you're credited for yeah. writing the song. I remember now, we talked bullshit. about this. Yeah, we talked about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's Billy's song. <laughs> but at the time, you know, he was fresh on, like, a publishing deal, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, so, you know, he, anything he put out, you know, someone else was looking into. And so he was like, we'll just say you wrote it. That way I just don't have to deal with it, you know. <laughs> like trying to clear it because it's not Green Day or whatever. I think he was just like, yeah, just say you wrote it. Okay. That was, you know, all the thought that was put into it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I that's I his. Before, yeah. I thought you wrote it, mm-hmm. seriously. And I, and I told you that you wrote, like, the greatest song Green Day never wrote. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And, and you were like, nope, Billy wrote it. I'm like, well, that makes more sense then, you know. Exactly. Because it sounds... Yeah, yeah. That's him. Um, and number one, drum roll, is Cabot Gal. All right. That's awesome. Dude, I changed it from number two to number one. I listened to it just before I got here tonight, and it's just so punchy. that f- Right away, just bam. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the better tunes I've written. I mean, I still, I'm stoked on it. Um, whenever, when I do, like, acoustic shows and stuff, I always play that tune. Um, yeah, I was, I, I, that, and it was really easy to write, but I kind of just had the chords. Um, there's a little bit of replacements rip off in there, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, but yeah, the words came super fast, you know, like I, t- it took me a night, I think, and I wrote it I might've changed a line or two and that was it, you know? Um, yeah. That's about your wife. It is. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend. Does your time. wife like it? Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. Yeah. I heard an interview with a guy last weekend, uh, some country guy on the radio on NPR, and um, they asked him a question about um, like his his big hits, top ten songs. They were about his love of his life, right? His wife, and he was basically saying like, yeah, sometimes they don't always like the song, so it, it's kind of <laughs> weird. It's a hit, but they don't like it. That's but it's about them, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a cool. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's got to be true, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, it, it, it would be true in a, in a lot of cases where you're not with the person anymore. Of course, they wouldn't like the song. But if it's somebody that you're, you know, is the love of your life and you're with forever and they didn't like the song, like, that that, that might be a little hard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I got to ask you about uh, the covers, especially Aiken to Be. Mm-hmm. You got to sing it. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the replacements. How did... Why did uh, you know? How, how did you get to sing it? Just better for you, or Billy didn't want it, or what? Um, well, it came about that I had come back in town. We were going to do "Shoot the Moon," uh, and I had come back in town to uh, to to make that record. And because uh, I was in Arkansas for a couple of years, and then uh, and then I came back here. I guess that was like '98, and um, uh, you know I was a super big Replacements fan, and we were having some drinks in our friend's backyard, you know, 
and uh, acoustic guitar came out and I played that song probably half drunk you know and uh, yeah. <laughs> and he was like we should just cover that like on the record you you sing it and I was like okay you know of course we sped it up you know and had it full band but um, but yeah that that's that's how it came to be the song I did yeah the original but you know there's there's certain times where i just don't want it to be it's it's twangy you know you mm -hmm. know how the original is so it's nice to listen to the pinhead versions just balls out right yeah yeah i mean i kind of wish we'd done it a little slower but um to, but you know that because a lot of people don't like the recording of that record don't tell us all but i i think it's great i mean it's not my it's not the best production in the world but it's it's, it's what it was when I first heard it, and I'll lo always love it that way. Um, but, you know, like any amazing guitar-based song, you can play it on acoustic guitar, and it's great. You know, it doesn't need anything else. <laughs> you know, that's how good a song it is. I'm a huge Westerberg guy, too. Me, too. So his solo stuff to me, like 14 songs, and mm -hmm. eventually just, just perfect albums, you know. Absolutely. Sometimes I wish 
they could lose the horns and stuff on certain songs, you know, but yeah, whatever. I think but, he was having, yeah. you know, he's having fun. Yeah. He's one yeah. of those guys, you know, like you said, uh, you know, just a fan of his. And so kind of no matter what he does, I'm always a fan of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I think we talked about that before. Were you were you jealous a little bit, just slightest, of Billy playing with them when they uh, reunited? Uh, so, so I was just stoked for him. Of course, I'm like, oh, man, yeah, yeah. do they need another <laughs> guitar so. player? You know, yeah. the fourth <laughs> guitar player, maybe? Uh, yeah. No, but I was stoked for him. I mean, that's amazing. That was unbelievable. Yeah. I'm just bummed I didn't get to see it because uh, I had just had kids. And... Uh, yeah, I just had, I mean, I, I couldn't, like, just leave the house like I used to, you know? So I didn't really yeah, get yeah. to see it. But then again, maybe it's okay that I didn't get to see it because, you know, um, in, in one way, it's like he got to have that without me standing behind him going, you know, thumbs up, man, <laughs> great, yeah. You know, that might have made him a little more self-conscious or something. But yeah. Now, when you guys, you guys obviously have played hundreds and hundreds of shows together but when you guys fuck up like do you give each other shit or is it real serious like if he's playing with well, the replacements <laughs> and he fucks up are you gonna be, uh, oh. just a little bit I mean are you gonna like give him shit about it or is it oh if he fucks up playing with them then it's like a true replacements moment <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> well because yeah that would be perfect yeah. that's what those those guys clammed and that would make it a, that would make it a show you know <laughs> I love it when I see people screw up like Live, you know? I think it just adds a lot to it. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's why you're seeing it live. I don't like to fuck up like an important moment, but when I do fuck up, <laughs> I like, I like, I kind of, it makes me laugh. You know, I'm like, whoops, you know, and I can't kind of, yeah, can't yeah. stop laughing. How often do you fuck up? <sighs> well, you know, occasionally. You're, uh, you're pretty good, I know. But I've gotten I, better you know over the mean. years, yeah. <laughs> I used to quite a bit, you know. You've been practicing? Um, yeah. And I still do, of course, everybody does, but, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all human. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I like to think I don't as much. Um, because for the Green Day stuff, you know, I know we're playing a big show. I And I know how to prepare now better than I used to. Uh, but, you know, you can't prepare for everything. And, yeah, so, sure, I, I screw up as much as the next person, I'm sure. When you play... Um when you play with like the cover-ups, you just play in a bar. Yeah. You just show up in your car. Yeah. Put your put your amp in the trunk or something like that, right? Yeah, pretty much. Is it that? Is it that? Okay. It's that. That basic. Yeah, like what time? Sound check. You know, <laughs> get there, kill time. You know, sometimes we don't do sound check, but um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, I mean, just like it always was. Sometimes we'll have our you know friends help us out, and we'll. Uh, there, you know, uh, there's a local guy, uh, Michael, uh, that we that helps us out a lot. He he does a lot of that stuff, you know, keeping everything in tune and and but, you know just kind of being our roadie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you now with the guitars and stuff? Do you have like favorites? I mean, do you do you have guitars that you play with the cover-ups and you'll play with Green Day, or do you keep separate? Yeah, mostly separate. I mean, but I yeah. uh, the Green Day stuff kind of stays on the road. Most of the time, uh, okay. and then I have like stuff here around the house that I use, or or in the studio um, that I'll use. But uh, yeah, the cover-ups is almost like an excuse to play something different, you know, to like oh let yeah, me I let's, suppose, yeah. let's all play some weird guitar, you know, 
or you yeah, know yeah. Billy gets to kind of get deeper into his collection and you know and then I get to play a, a single coil pickup or whatever it is you know like um, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll definitely mess around when it's when it's influenced stuff uh, or yeah, yeah the slip there uh, when it's cover ups <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not like um, one of the guitar players who's like I gotta have my baby you know this is the way I play but every show um yeah, I'm pretty easy. I mean, I it's the, the, my Green Day guitars I, I love, and I will never give them up. But um, you know, <laughs> like my Red 335 is really important yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my special 59 special, but um, and then my black uh, Les Paul that I play like the older so- uh, Green Day stuff on the E flat stuff has kind of become one of my favorites. But uh, but yeah, I'm not like somebody who has to have like gotta have that one you know i have a 57 uh les paul tv special oh my gosh and really i bought it in 1999 2000 oh. 2000 something like that and uh it was uh affordable i guess you uh-huh. know I, I think i, I think it well it wasn't it wasn't cheap not anymore grand no. for it you know yeah <laughs> but um yeah now it's like way past that so i uh, i thank billy for that yeah that's it seemed great. like once he started playing those <laughs> the value shot up, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great fucking guitar, dude. Oh, I never play it though. I'm not even a guitar player anymore. I, I haven't played it in, in forever. You know. Really. Um, yeah, my kids started playing, and he's got like a like a Strat, and um, yeah, he's just sort of starting to play, and I said, dude, play this, and I handed it to him, and he was like, he played it. He's like, dude, this is so nice. You know, yeah. it's so easier. It's easy to play, but uh, now it's his guitar. I told him kind of. <laughs> I know I, he won't take it. I said you can play it anytime you want. He's like, it's worth too much, you know. Yeah. Like, well, don't worry about it, you know. But uh, you're like, graduate. We'll talk about it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. He 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 started playing guitar, and dude, he, I I just want to yell at him some nights. It's like, dude, Green Day has more songs than fucking, you know, Tommy or Life. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like play something else, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of where he's starting. That's that sparked his interest, you know. Got to start somewhere, yeah. All right, hey, we didn't mention uh, Pinhead Gunpowder reissues yet. Yeah, we got to get to it real quick. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Everything is out now. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, one, two, three, four, go records uh, reissued everything, and we have like uh, uh, sh- t-shirts for the first time, which is pretty amazing. Big print all over it. Yeah, yeah. They're very. I think they're great. Like they're kind of my favorite band shirts I have. Um, but yeah, there's you know Aaron Comic Plus artwork on all of them, and uh, yeah, yeah, classic, uh, so good, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah the yeah. records are great; they look great, sound great. Uh, I'm stoked they're all available again. You know, it's very cool. It's very cool because it seemed like they. It, it's always weird when shit disappears for a while. It's like these are great records by by a band that clearly people know of. Yeah, you know that it's not. I mean, the legacy that you know. They're part of Green Day's legacy, practically, you know? So there's always going to be people looking into Pinhead Gunpowder, I, I believe, you know? Yeah, yeah. So And like we were talking about with the with the Chino Horde stuff, like, um, you know, when you were saying, oh, I looked into it and I couldn't really find stuff before, but now I can. So that's why you do reissues and stuff. I used to think reissues were sort of like, ah, Why? Anybody who wants it's got it. They, we don't need to make more. But you forget <laughs> that people have different entry points, right? Or younger people are just now finding out about it or whatever it is. And if it's unavailable, 
and it becomes this like unobtainium or whatever it becomes this like rare find then you're missing out right i mean or you're you know yeah your 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 intentions were to like you know have everyone hear it um so i've found you know the the, the value in, in doing reissues absolutely man the pinhead gunpowder stuff that was like just Overdue. I know it's been reissued before. Yeah, I think from so. From Lookout to, right. yeah. to whatever, to Recess and all that. But it was it time. Seems, it, it's great stuff. It's classic punk rock that needs to just be readily available for everybody. Yeah, I'm stoked it's there. It's out again. Yeah, Dude, I was stoked to get Jump Salty, you know, when that first came out. Pre-ordered it right away. Awesome. <laughs> Had to, you know. It was like one of the greatest records ever. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have a physical copy, like now you could get one, you know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. So have I gotta one ask you. I, really? Yeah, I don't think so. I had it on CD before. I don't. Was it? It was. I had the CD, but out. not the vinyl. But CD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I gotta have the vinyl. <laughs> Dude, I still, I still would play the my original copy from probably ninety four, ninety five. Uh-huh. Crack cover. You know, still dirty, cloudy. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. It's been abused through many cars and whatever. So, um, I gotta ask you, man. Is there ever going to be any new pinhead gunpowder? Well, funny you should ask. Uh, yes. Yeah, we're. W- w- let me just say we're working on it, and nobody's listening anyway. So I'm pretty me. sure that <laughs> you'll be hearing new pinhead gunpowder soon. Yeah. Cool. Maybe, maybe an next, album in the next few years. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Here's how the first song goes. No, I'm just kidding. I assume you'll uh, you'll sing a few. I will try. I'm <laughs> I'm working on it right now, to be honest. Yeah. Do you write a lot? I don't. Um, no. <laughs> I go through I go I go through periods where I do, and I go through stages where I don't. Um, I'm just starting to now, again, um, and I really haven't written much since the pandemic. I was kind of on a really? roll when the pandemic hit, and it just went away sadly and uh and i'm just kind of picking it back up again as far as like the routine and the you know really trying to finish things i've had plenty of ideas but now i'm trying to mine those ideas you know and and it's and really put stuff together that's interesting because i think most people during the pandemic were at home writing i i had both of my kids young kids (laughs) with me well, yeah, school yeah. every day. I mean, there was just no, there was no, I couldn't even, I, 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 I couldn't do it. I, you were waiting for that Green Day tour, weren't you? Oh my happen? God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it, we were, had a huge tour plan and that got canceled. Uh, we were supposed to be gone all of 2020, you know, I mean, you know, most of it, yeah. like a, a, just a lot of touring. Um, oh, but I did uh, take a guitar class, which was really fun. And uh, and during the pandemic, really? Yeah, uh, like an online, like in person or like online, online okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that so was really you had fun. A teacher, like an on. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it was like a course. Wow. And uh, you took a course, and then you had like an assigned mentor, who you met with once a week. Uh, her name was Ariana Pow- Powell. She's like a session player. Uh, she was great, um, but I learned a ton it was awesome to like sort of like try and be disciplined and practice guitar i just hadn't done that in really maybe ever or many years since i was younger you know 
but to just focus on playing guitar was awesome. It was super fun. Is that more just for fun, just for something to do? Or? Well, I, just I to mean, get I, better. I, I, I mean, really I need to. I think I was like, yeah. well, here I am. I'm stuck at home, and we're not touring, and I feel unemployed. I feel like I need to be doing something, you know. And, yeah. I, and like I said, I wasn't writing. I just couldn't. I didn't have the time or the like the focus or the like isolation or I I, I tend to write the best when I'm like have alone time, you know. And yeah. I just didn't have any, and so switching gears and you know and going like well what's something you can do to like stay in shape musically or you know whatever to like keep active and so i decided to try it and it was awesome i loved it i i should do it again everyone you know like you know with anything like that it's accountability is the is the issue right because you could be like yeah. oh i'm gonna i'm gonna play every day for this amount of time or whatever <clears throat> but unless you really challenge yourself and you hold someone else holds you accountable, you're not going to do it, you know. So it was fun to to do it like that. It was great. I learned a lot. How many pe how many people do you think like how many guys in mega bands take lessons like that? That can't be very common. I don't know. I <clears throat> like to be honest, like I don't know. The, yeah, the edge, I don't think the edge is taking guitar lessons, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> I heard I think I heard years ago that Dylan took lessons in his later years really? uh, to just That's get weird. to just to get better, you know, like as a player, not as like a. Obviously, he doesn't need songwriting lessons. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but you know, just as a player, I think he took it just for to like, yeah, I like I want to get a little better, you know, I want to improve That's this. Cool. Yeah, and I learn I just learned so much there, and and what you, you know, of course you find out there's infinite things to learn right you know i mean there's like so much out there to learn and to yeah, yeah, yeah. soak up and to ch and it was great to sort of like you know it changes your head about the instrument and it, it was great i suppose oh that's cool i mean i i can't imagine being the teacher though being like <laughs> finding out who you're teaching you know no she she <laughs> she had a lot of work on her hands with me anyway you know <laughs> as far as like serious playing or whatever um yeah yeah it was but it was great she was awesome she was you know she was she, she thought it was interesting you know that that's what i did for work i mean I, I she probably didn't have a lot of students that did the same thing but um it was cool man it was great i learned a cool. lot cool cool i recommend well, that's awesome it. man yeah 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 I, mean, I i could use lessons i'll, I'll be honest with you yeah we all can in a long time yeah yeah <laughs> no i mean i need them so uh, okay yeah, I'll refer you. Yeah, I, I sit there with my kid and I'm like, oh, I can't really play anymore. Then I'm kind of embarrassed. <laughs> uh, all you need is it's so, like a bike. You just get back on. Oh yeah, keep pedaling. Yeah, so, <laughs> all right, dude. I suppose it's uh, starting to get a, a little late, so uh, I won't keep you much longer. I gotta thank you for hanging out again, though. Well, that was fun, and I and I I'm pretty sure this was better than the first one. <laughs> I think right? so. I think yeah. so. Uh, even though the first one, I was really weird because I had some questions and I just didn't want to re-ask them. So, I don't know. If I think of anything else, I'll just hit you up and we'll do it again. Oh, we'll do, we'll do a part two <laughs> later. Yeah. I made up new shirts, new uh, new dummy room shirts. I'll send you one if you want, dude. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Send me one. Makes for a good dish rag. Yeah. Well, you know, where when I go running, <laughs> get it all sweaty. Yeah. That works as well. Uh, and hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you hit you up about coming back. We're gonna do that uh, 
replacements episode. Yeah, anytime. I I could talk to replacements for several hours. Um, I can too. Yeah. So. Right on. All right, man. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, being part of this again and uh, and being patient with me. So, all right, dude. All right. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else uh, next week. Who knows? Who knows when the next episode's going to be? But there is going to be one. And uh, until then, everybody stay safe, stay cool. Thanks, Jason, and we'll see everybody later. Bye. Bye. Thanks.